0: Are you ready for the end of the world? This is your community spirit. The show about caring, sharing and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring them set. Let's bring back the circle again. Circle of family, circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up. You'll be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is your community spirit coming at you on your community radio, 91.1 FM, community radio for Southern Illinois. My name is Tree Song. I'll be your host today. Or to Energy Mon, who is usually with us on the show, he is off installing solar. He's creating solar systems. Yes, so he will be back again someday, but good work that he's doing out there, out in the sunshine. It's a beautiful day for it. So we've got some... Some holidays, some happenings, some news to share with you. First I'll get to a little bit of music here, and then we will get on to the news.
1: His footsteps brought life wherever he'd been In the deepest wildwood was the place he was seen And the people did love and protect him And they saw his face change with the turn of the wheel Of the seasons they heard his voice sing I'm the horn God, I'm the face in the trees I'm the breath of the wind Brussels, the, I'm the green man in the wild. Would i roam and i
0: all right let's get to some of the news what do we have in the news today Kayactivists, activists that's kayak activists versus a massive oil rig inside seattle's fight against shell's arctic drilling plans On Saturday they came by sea, hundreds of kayaktivists activists gathering around a newly arrived massive offshore oil drilling rig in Seattle's Elliott Bay. On Monday they came by land, with an estimated 700 people blocking the road to the port of Seattle's Terminal 5 for about six hours. Their goal? Disrupt access as the rig attempted to prepare for a departure to Alaska in Shell's bid to start drilling for oil in the Arctic. The goal was to do it long enough to cause a delay that shortens the already short drilling window during the Arctic summer. The effort was organized by Shell No, a coalition of activists, art- artists, and noisemakers battling Shell in Seattle. A broad array of local groups, as well as some who came down from Alaska, have turned what would have been a simple drilling rig transfer into a rallying cry for climate change and the Arctic. Quote, to be honest, this has been something of a surprise to me said Emily Johnston of 350 Seattle, one of the coalition's partner organizations. I've never seen anything like this. When the Kuluk, a Shell Arctic drilling rig, was here in 2012, there was nothing like this here. Part of our goal is to delay them as long as possible because the drilling window is quite small, Johnston said. Shell has spent well over $5 billion in its effort to try to explore for oil in the rapidly melting Arctic Ocean attempting to make progress for several years and thus far failing miserably. In 2012, the oil giant hit delay after delay. Its oil spill recovery barge failed to meet code. One rig went out of control in the Dutch Harbor. Uh, They postponed exploratory drilling until 2013. So in both 2013 and 2014, they've had troubles and haven't actually made it up to the Arctic to do their drilling. What a tragedy. (laughs) But it's, it's ironic that their proposal is to drill in the frozen but rapidly warming arctic i mean it's ironic that global warming is melting ice in the arctic making it easier to go there and so they're planning on drilling and getting more fossil fuels and burning more fossil fuels and creating more warming it's the circle of life or downward spiral as the case may be so the proposal gained new life last week after the obama administration conditionally approved shells planned to drill up to six exploratory walls 70 miles off Alaska's coast. So, yep, Obama administration saying it's fine to go drill in the Arctic. Abigail Ross Hopper, the director of the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management, said the agency took a thoughtful approach to considering Arctic exploration. <laughs> I wonder if they counted any dollar bills in their thinking process. So Shell still would need seven more permits to get final approval to drill in earnest. Quote, scientists have told us over and over that drilling in the Arctic means cooking our planet even faster and plunging deeper into ca- climate chaos, said Karthik Ganapathy, 350.org's U.S. communications manager. Quote, while President Obama might have missed the memo, our movement hasn't, which is why so many people are standing up and putting their bodies on the line to say Shell No to Arctic drilling. I get that little pun there, Shell No. But Shell is still trying to get up there anyway. We will definitely follow this story. This is one of those uh, feedback loops that happens sometimes with climate change. You know, the melting of ice makes more oil accessible, and so then they're going to burn that oil, which is going to melt more ice. That sounds like a pretty risky direction to head in. And on
1: the noon of the solstice, I'll give up my crown To the light and the mighty old king I'm the horn god, I'm the face in the trees, I'm the breath of the wind that rustles the leaves, I'm the green man in the wildwood I roam, can on a sign, pan and I.
0: All right, what other news do we have today? Cities urge not to ignore marginalized communities in climate change plans. This one caught my eye because we've got an effort here in Carbondale, the Sparrow Coalition, that is working to help marginalized communities in Carbondale. But apparently Carbondale isn't the only city dealing with such issues, and climate change is going to exacerbate the problem. When Tropical Storm Irene hit in 2011, New York City took protective measures by ordering mandatory evacuations. What it didn't consider, though, was how disabled residents would manage to leave their homes. As a result, the city was sued for allegedly violating the Americans with Disabilities Act. Before the case was resolved, the city was struck by Hurricane Sandy, the most damaging storm in the region's modern history. Residents with disabilities were stranded for days without power in high-rise apartment buildings, unable to reach emergency service centers. Now, I know it's difficult in a crisis to figure out how to help everybody, but if you have disaster plans and those disaster plans don't include how to how to help those with different abilities, how to help those who are marginalized in various ways, then it's not really a complete disaster plan, is it? While New York City was eventually found guilty of quote benign neglect of city residents, the issue of inequality in preparation for climate change impacts, also known as climate adaptation is not unique. That was at least according to multiple attendees at the National Adaptation Forum in St. Louis last week, who emphasized a greater need for inclusive climate adaptation work in cities across the country. Quote, If you take one thing away with you today, it's to include everyone, said Jelone White Newsom, Director of Policy at the Harlem-based WE Act for Environmental Justice. Quote, I haven't been in the policy world for long, but i found it doesn't happen very often. Yeah, I mean, people, people often, when they think of disaster preparedness, they think of themselves, you know, they think, how can I personally be prepared for a disaster? But it's also important to consider how everyone in the community can be prepared. Throughout the week-long conference, frequent examples of frontline communities, low-income neighborhoods already overburdened by environmental injustices, and less likely to have resources to adapt to climate change than their wealthier neighbors, were highlighted to help, avoid, to help attendees avoid overlooking their specific needs and adaptation plans. Areas like Oakland, Detroit, and Shishmariff, Alaska, where many residents live below the poverty line, were discussed as areas where community input was key to enhancing adaptation work. I mean, that's one of the aspects of preparing for disasters, is to, to communicate with everyone and find out what everyone's needs are and ensure that those needs are met. In the relatively new field of climate adaptation, early actions in the United States have primarily targeted infrastructure, industry, or seafront developments, but as frontline community advocates demand to have their voices heard, incorporating equity into resilience, a term referring to the ability to not just bounce back from climate impacts, but bounce forward more sustainable and prepared than before, is gaining traction in cities preparing for climate adaptation plans. Now, one of those venues is New York City. Last month, the mayor, Mayor Bill de Blasio, announced he was adding equity as a core column to the city's climate action plan. Quote, a beautifully sustainable city that is the playground of the rich doesn't work for us, he said. First released by former mayor Michael Bloomberg after Hurricane Sandy, de Blasio stated that the profoundly important plan will now have a major poverty reduction goal alongside its standing greenhouse gas reduction goal. So, I mean, that's actually, <laughs> I mean, it should be sort of a no-brainer, but one of the ways to ensure that poor people are not stranded during a crisis is not have people be poor anymore. <laughs> you know, you do things in your community to do with poverty before the disaster strikes. That way you don't have a lot of people who have no way to protect themselves during a disaster. I mean, it seems like common sense, but I'm, they're actually one of the few cities adopting that perspective, it would seem. So among the framework's three goals is fostering leadership. Uh, This is for the Seattle plan. Uh, Seattle Mayor Ed Murray formally launched the Equity and Environment Initiative, an effort to overcome lack of inclusion of overburdened communities in the climate and environmental programs. So the three goals of that program are uh, including leadership among Seattleites who are people of color, immigrants and refugees, people with low incomes, and limited English proficiency individuals so cities like New York and Seattle that are actually discussing these issues and preparing for them before disaster strikes are ahead of the curve according to the Georgetown Climate Center only 106 local and regional adaptation plans of some kind exist nationally now wait a minute let me think there are 50 states there are at least one city in each state 106 may sound like a lot of climate adaptation plans but really when you consider the size of this country that's not that many. I wonder what the climate adaptation plans in the city of Carbondale, in Jackson County, and everywhere in our listening area. If you know anything about that, email me at info at your and we'll talk about it on the radio. In other news, this is one of the weirdest stories we've done in a long time, and trust me, we've done some weird ones. (laughs) L'Oreal is about to 3D print human skin, because you're worth it. Yes, you heard that, right? Here's some Silence of the Lions-level horror to ruin your day. One of the most popular cosmetic brands in the world grows human skin, and is actively researching technology to increase its production. This is very strange. So using samples donated by French plastic surgery patients, the cosmetics powerhouse L'Oreal already raises more than 54 square feet of skin per year. I would never imagined skin to be something measured in square feet. That's not really what I was expecting when I looked into the news. So, I mean, on the plus side, this provides an alternative to animal testing. Instead of testing it on animals, they test it on sheets of human skin in a laboratory. So now to speed up the production, because they're not making skin fast enough, the company is turning to 3D printing. So, uh, yeah, I'm not even sure what more to say about this one. (laughs) So this isn't their first foray into skin production. They've been doing this uh, since back into the 1980s. uh, Because I guess, you know, it was actually because they wanted to avoid animal testing, and yet they still wanted to do some sort of science-based testing. So they started growing skin in a mad. And now they are going to be 3D printing, living, breathing derma that can be used to test products for toxicity and efficacy. quote "We're the first beauty company organovo has worked with. That's Organovo, the bioprinting startup. So I'd never thought of this before. I mean, I'd heard of them working on 3D printing organs, but I'd never imagined them 3D printing skin in order to do cosmetics
1: testing. just. Bring your crops to fruit with the light that I share, with fire and water from earth into air, oh but the wheel it keeps steadily turning, and on the noon of the solstice I'll give up my crown to the cold and the dark holly king, I'm the horned god, I'm the face in the trees, I'm the breath of the wind.
0: All right, here's a little bit about renewable energy. It's a good news, bad news kind of story. The developing world is beating the U.S. at clean energy. China is by far the world's biggest investor in clean energy technologies like solar and wind. Last year, its clean energy spending hit a record $83 billion. That's a 39% jump from the year before, and more than twice what is spent in the United States. Although America and most other G20 nations are moving toward a clean energy overhaul, kinda, sorta, at a gradual, when we get around to it, pace. (laughs) It's the developing world where you'll find the most explosive growth here. So, when you add in energy markets like Brazil, India, and South Africa, clean energy investment in developing countries totaled $131 billion in 2014. That's only 6% less than the combined total for developed countries. So you have a lot of these really rich countries that they're making only about as much clean energy as all of the less wealthy countries of the world. So this is the closest the gap has ever been, according to Bloomberg New Energy Finance. And that gap will soon close, and it will start growing in the other direction according to a new report from the Pew Trust. So it's no mystery why some developing countries are positioning themselves to win this race. For one, they have a big demand for electricity, and they don't currently have the infrastructure in some cases for the uh, the massive centralized coal-fired or similar types of power plants. So they're doing decentralized solar and wind and water. But. That isn't the only factor driving the growth. In many cases, they are also pursuing energy independence. So regardless of which particular countries come out ahead, we're almost certain to see far more money invested in clean energy than in fossil fuels over the next few decades. Now, it's exciting news when you put it that way. I also, though, looking at these charts of projected growth over the next few decades, even into 2030, they're projecting significant growth in fossil fuels, not just maintaining the current levels of fossil fuel use, but growth of fossil fuels. So in addition to creating this clean energy, we also need to remember to work on the dirty energy because you can create all the clean energy you want, but if you're still creating dirty energy, global warming will still occur. In other news, I wanted to give a quick shout out to the Climate Science Denial course that I'm taking. No, it's not a how-to course. (laughs) It's a course about how you make sense of climate science denial. And we talked about it, I don't know, a week or two ago on the show here, and it's going really well. I'm a little behind on it. I was traveling, as you may have noticed, and didn't didn't keep up with the class fully. But it's a really interesting and comprehensive overview of climate science denial, the reasons why it happens, what the actual science says how you communicate about climate science. And so if you sign up for our newsletter at info at spirit.org, we can send that link to you. It's also easy to find online with making sense of climate science denial. All right, so let's get into some of the holidays and happenings here. We've got a lot going on this weekend. First, some of the holidays. It's Buy a Musical Instrument Day. It's always a good day for music, so it's always a good day for musical instruments. We also have coming up, International Jazz Day on Saturday, and Lucky Penny Day. Sunday is National Escargot Day, to that I say (laughs) Escar-no, but to each their own. Monday is Memorial Day. Monday is also National Missing Children's Day and Tap Dance Day. Tuesday is Sally Ride Day. Wednesday is Sunscreen Day, and Thursday is Amnesty International Day. They do a lot of important work for political prisoners. So this month is date your mate month, foster care month, lots of interesting things going on this month, and national salad month. So it's getting hot outside so eat a nice cool cool salad cool you off. Alright let's get into some happenings. We have the Friday Night Fair happening on Fridays this summer from 6pm to 9pm at the Carbondale Town Square Pavilion. Friday Night Fair is a free community event for everyone. There's live music, food courts, all sorts of products and services at booths there, activities for all ages, and more. Music today, May 22nd, is going to be Secondary Modern and Sci-Fi Lands. So this happens every Friday uh, this summer for the next couple months. For more information, you can call 618-529-8040 or visit Carbondale Main Street, dot com. Other happenings coming up. We have Spiritual Journey, Photography by Catherine Frith. This is an art show from May 22nd through July 6th at the Long Branch Cafe and Bakery. And you're in luck. Today is actually the, uh, they're having the reception for it. Today from 7pm to 9pm, photos will be on display and available for purchase. A portion of the proceeds will be donated to Guy House Interfaith Center in honor of the interfaith nature of the art show. And it's an exciting photography exhibit, and it's exciting that the reception is actually tonight. You can see the artwork for May 22nd through July 6th, but today's the big day to have the reception. Also coming up tonight, movie and pizza party. This is over at Guy Haas Interfaith Center, 913 South Illinois in Carbondale. The movie tonight is Theory of Everything. This is a night of movie, pizza, popcorn, and more. If you plan on RSVPing, they like you to email them at director at And the pizza is for the Gaihaus members with the movies for everybody. It's a good time over there. I enjoy movie and pizza party. Two of my, two of my favorite things, movie and pizza. But
1: if you close your eyes, does it feel like nothing changed?
0: All right, some other happenings coming up. We have the Rainbow Cafe Yard Sale. It's coming up on Saturday, tomorrow at 7.30 a.m. at Lakeland Place on Giant City Road. Come out to the Rainbow Cafe Youth Center to hunt for cheap treasures and support the LGBTQ youth of Southern Illinois. All proceeds raised at the Yard Sale will go directly to serving the needs of our LGBTQ youth. For more information, call 618 521 2328. And also, coming up on Saturday morning, is the Omni-Sale, the first ever Omni-Sale. It's happening on Saturday from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. at Guy House Interfaith Center. Now, why is it called the Omni-Sale? The Omni-Sale is a yard sale plus a bake sale plus a craft sale plus an art sale and more. It's going on at Guy House's front lawn, corner of Illinois and Grands in Carbondale. It's a multi-household and multi-organization community event. Individuals and non-profit organizations are invited to have their own mini-sales as a part of this larger event. They expect to have a wide variety of items available. If you like yard sales, you'll love the Omni-sale. Now, you can contact them at 618-549-7387 or email at director at rguyhouse.org. If you'd either like to have your own spot, a table there, or if you'd just like to learn more about what they're going to have and learn what they've got going on there. I'm real excited to see how the first Omni sale goes. It's so far looking like it's going to be good weather, but we shall see. Rain or shine, it will be going on. Hopefully shine so we can be out there on the corner. Also coming up on Saturday, the Carbondale Community Farmers Market. It's Saturday 9 a.m. to noon at the Carbondale Community High School. And they, in addition to all of the fresh veggies and stuff they've got going on they also have a new at least new to me this is the first I heard about it the farm fan text service where you can become a fan of the farmers market and become a part of the farm fan text service and they will text you stuff about what's going on at the farmers market you can sign up for weekly updates about the market that will be sent straight to your phone and the link is in our newsletter it's farmfanapp.com slash foodworks slash sign up You can also go to the Carbondale Community Farmers Market website at CarbondaleMarket.com for more info on that. So we've just got a couple more happenings here. We've got the Crafting Day over at Guy House Interfaith Center. They're starting a new Arts and Crafts Day on the second and fourth Tuesdays of each month from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Also coming up, we have the Sparrow Coalition Celebration. That is coming up next Tuesday, May 26th at 5:30 p.m. at the Carbonale Public Library. Spear Coalition has been recently formed to between civic, university, healthcare and religious communities to address the needs of those in people in our Carbonale community who cannot find housing. There are already places like Good Samaritan that provide a great deal of support, but there are many more who cannot be served by Good Sam and other existing organizations either because those groups are overloaded, or because they have other issues that are preventing them from being served. So Sparrow Coalition is working on how to help those people. Victory Celebration is celebrating the first 90 days of work on this issue. So at the community room of the Carbondale Public Library at 5.30 p.m., there will be a short film and a discussion about homelessness. Then at 6.30, there will be finger food, picnic in the park, and an opportunity to discuss the issues going on with the Sparrow Coalition. All right, this has once again been an exciting and informative episode of Your Community Spirit. I hope you've enjoyed it and learned at least as much as I have. Uh, It's been great being on here on the radio. Info at yourcommunityspirit.org is the email address to send to if you have any happenings to send our way. Or if you'd like to uh, be on the newsletter. So thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy the wonderful weather out there. And we will see you next week on the radio.